0: Hello and welcome to Stasis Pod, Beast Machines podcast. I'm Rob.
1: I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David.
0: All right, and welcome to the latest episode of uh, Stasis Pod, in which we are going episode through episode through Beast Machines, and we are in the home stretch. And appropriately, tonight today's episode is home soil. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So uh and and it's it's kind of a shame because it's really picking up at this point and yeah, it is. kind of oh, yeah. wish that it would keep going.
0: Uh, this first aired uh, March fifteenth, two thousand, and it was uh, written by Meg McLaughlin, who uh, had previously. This is her first episode of Beast Machines, but she actually wrote an episode of uh, G One, uh, Star Screams Ghost.
1: Oh, that favorite. that is a story notable for Starscream's Ghost not showing up until the cut from the second to third act. Hmm.
0: Yes, <laughs> for that's like all octane.
1: Yeah, it's it's all octane, and apparently. It, It, it like ties in with another episode, but was shown out of the aired out of order. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I like it, but it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of nonsensical in some ways.
2: She
0: wrote a ton of stuff, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of Smurfs episodes, a bunch of 90s Spider-Man. Uh, apparently she worked on Rubik the Amazing Cube. Oh Oh,
1: man, my favorite. Said no one ever.
0: (laughs) And Rubik the, the uh, Amazing Cube, a uh, bunch of Alvin and the Chipmunks, and uh, Turboteen. <gasps> oh, wow.
1: Turboteen! I forget whether we I've sh- mentioned on this podcast that my, like, 24-year-old roommate did not believe that Turboteen existed. <laughs> like, even when I showed him the intro on YouTube, he, he just swore that that had to be something that someone did recently as, like... An homage to ridiculous eighties cartoons. Yeah, I, I <laughs> <had blocked laughs> could not believe that to was
2: get it. Like like it, it was a show that I did not want to have existed. It was like a fever dream. But it's it okay, okay. Well, it now I know I we're a watching
0: kid. for our next uh, season. <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs>
1: oh man, I would be so up for that.
0: That oh. and kid and she, video. I don't think I realized there was a Mister T cartoon, but apparently she worked on it.
1: Oh you know, well, there was you
2: go. not yep. as disturbing as Turbo T.
1: <laughs> Nothing. Well, I mean, I
0: assume t- Mr. T didn't like horribly transform into the A Team van. No, <laughs> thankfully.
1: But if he did, oh man, that would have been the or apex
2: of the 80s. Oh.
0: Yeah. I ain't turning into no aeroplane.
2: Hey.
0: <laughs> 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 so yeah, home soil. Uh, yeah, so that we. Uh, it is new. It is a new character episode time again. It's been a while, kind of. Yeah. I mean, the last time we got a new character, it was well, it was Silverbolt, who was an old character, and then before that, it was Savage Noble, who was also an old character.
2: So the last time we really had it was
1: as it turned out,
2: Night Scream. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah wow. He would be our uh, honestly, really our own completely new character. If you aren't counting the V Con generals, since they yes. were sort of other people.
0: Well, yeah. They, yes. Yeah. So spoilers, this is better. Yes. Oh, yeah. I open it.
1: I will also note that none of this was spoiled before it aired. There were no like toys that we saw ahead of time or anything, so it it's it was it was good stuff when it aired.
0: So you're saying that home soil was not home spoiled?
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> well there's a reason there were no toy spoilers.
1: Uh... yeah, well, Still the point is anyway. this this came as a surprise as it aired which was extra great.
0: So we open in space and we're looking at Cybertron and there are a bunch of a uh, bunch of asteroids about to hit it and also uh, a spaceship that uh, kind of looks like a reskinned version of the Autobot yeah. shuttle that they got back to Cybertron. Cybertron on, yeah, you
2: know. looks kind of weird like there there's the, all the city sections and then there's these big flat sections without city lights that what are they, flat oceans? No, there's no water on Cybertron. It's like the, pl- the plains?
1: Yeah. Maybe those are the parts that, like, the power has been cut to, because Cybertron is technically a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah,
2: but it, it's like laid yeah, out why in Megatron's weird, keeping
1: all these lights on?
2: It's weird, yeah. like, continental shapes. Well, straight, angular continental shapes, sort of.
1: Well, it's a mechanical it's
2: a, planet. Yeah, but it's a different version of Cybertron than I guess we're used to. Sort of. Well, I guess every version of it's Cybertron is... It's also a fat
1: planet. <laughs> 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 bump, bum, yes, it up, Bump, 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 What? I'm sorry. The,
0: uh, I'm not the, sorry. The orbital defenses, which look kind of neat, they're like floating gun satellites. Yeah. Uh, they shoot a bunch of the asteroids. Uh, the ship shoots a couple of them down, but... They shoot it, and the ship ends up crashing towards Cybertron.
1: Also, I mean, all the explosions are really like Beast Wars explosions.
2: Yeah. They're in space, mm. and they should be rounder. They're really puffy, and, well, like a lot of the Beast Machine's explosions, they're just weird-shaped. But, yeah, the ship comes down Still, in a fiery like that, red fireball.
3: Somebody put a lot of work into this sequence, even with the creative asset reuse and all. I'm definitely impressed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Silverbolt spots this, and... Wait, that was Silverbolt? I thought it was Sam the Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really he Sam the Eagle really
2: pose. He really Sam the... Yes! J- just the way he just looks, like he looks at the camera, and then he looks off into the distance, it's very much Sam the Eagle <laughs> pose.
0: You are all weirdos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah. And meanwhile, oh right, remember we had a whole technorganic Orchard that I don't think we've seen since Fallout?
2: Hmm. Uh, we haven't seen it that much, no. It's definitely
0: been a little while. Anyway, it turns out the, ma- the Maximals forgot too, because they haven't watered anything, and it's all <laughs> done. Along
3: with all our hopes. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. Emo Primal is Emo.
1: Uh, There's kind of a
0: neat scene where he like crushes a leaf and it's all dry and powdery. Yeah.
1: I, I have to say that I'm definitely feeling him from the last time I tried to have house plants.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah I'm, I'm still I'm still keeping my jade plant alive. It's doing okay.
2: I don't know. I, I got a oh, what is it, a lily or something that's been around for years. It, it I apparently overwatered it. It's still good though. But I do better with cactuses. I
1: suppose in in my case it would be more like if Cheetor kept digging up the orchard because <laughs> that's really where my problem lies
0: <laughs> and yeah, so uh, Rattrap comes in, he tells them that uh, you know, this uh, this ship crashed, we better go see what's going on and also Night Scream is a you know, they're, they're worried that, uh, at least Night Scream is worried that it might be somebody with another virus and then he gives uh, Silverball a dirty look because Night Scream has decided to be a dick in this episode again yeah. yeah, what's what up with that? Because I guess, I mean, we got a little inter-episode continuity here, because he's referring to the uh, hate plague that uh, Silverbolt had in the last episode. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. Yes. Which he so was the he's... primary carrier of.
0: So I guess he's worried that, you know, I don't know, Megatron might have also crammed, uh, like, Cosmic Rust in there or something.
1: <laughs> Ooh. Have to get some Coro stop. I love that episode Quick, so much. to the person- Statue of Liberty. <laughs> It's, it's entirely Paul Eating's fault that I love that episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and uh, Megatron has also found about out about this, and in a really great visual, he's just in his big head form yelling at Thrust. Oh, that's oh, really good. So scene. good. Just,
2: just the, the big <laughs> floating guy. head just, just hovering over and literally talking down to Thrust.
1: It's cute. <laughs> Poor Thrust. I felt really bad for Thrust at this point. Yeah, the, these...
2: These episodes are both
0: kind of... Uh, the uh, universe has figured out that Thrust is Wasp Mater and has decided to uh, take its revenge. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
3: yeah, it definitely has.
1: Sad.
0: And so, yeah, it's uh, it's basically fallen comrades all over again. We got uh, good guy versus bad guy racing for this fallen
3: not-a-stasis pod.
1: Not-a-stasis pod at all.
3: And speaking of racing, we open up after the commercial break on... Basically, the maximals in the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 bonus stage. <laughs> yes, oh,
1: yeah. it it's was just them running.
3: They're,
2: they're running, running, running on like a glowing highway.
3: Yeah, they're on like a glowing blue highway, and the shot is directly behind them.
1: And it's, it's- time for the running music.
3: Oh yeah, we've got to go
0: fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they do.
0: And unfortunately, it is about this time they hit the mini boss stage because they have to fight a bunch of drones.
2: Yay! Cue NASCAR noises with bikes. And you know, it's it's a, it's
0: a pretty it's a fun fight. Yeah. But it's not wholly dissimilar from the many many beast machines fights we have
3: already seen. Yeah, I thought it seemed almost like a distillation. Like this is an X Men cold open fight. Yes. Like, we're in the danger room. Yeah. Everyone gets a moment to shine, and there's a slightly implausible amount of banter in between each piece of action. <laughs> yes. And,
0: and I, also, I, I honestly, think Thrust I, gives
3: uh, Primal the finger again
1: here. <laughs> huh. I guess if you only have three, then they can't be real fussy about which one you're. Yeah, well, you're he, using.
2: Is he just giving the finger, or is he just pointing? It's hard to tell.
0: I mean, I don't think he's pointing at anything. I think I think it's supposed to be an obscene gesture. I mean, if any Viacon is going to give the uh, Maximals an obscene gesture, it's going to be Thrust, yeah. certainly at this point.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, Tanker would have been incapable. One, he only had two fingers.
3: Yeah. I uh, mean, at this point, there is only one Viacon general. Well, yes.
0: And Thrust is clearly not thrilled about this. <laughs> he's, a, he's gotten surlier. So yeah, this uh, this gives Thrust the time to uh, get a head start on them, so they split into teams. So Primal and Cheetor are just going to run. Rattrap and Black Rackney are going to go underground, and Silverbird and Night Scream are going to fly. And Black Rackney seems kind of jealous of Night Scream here,
1: which is weird. Yeah, she is not shipping that. <laughs> I, I saw that, I was like, a new ship is approaching. But, yeah, Blackarachnia does does not ship that.
2: Yeah, well, it, it does seem weird that they break into three teams. It's like, at least three of you can fly, Primal.
3: And one of you yeah, can... it's like he forgot that. Like, there's a point later in the episode where he remembers he can fly.
2: That's <laughs> well, yeah. And at least one of you can carry somebody else. Have Silverbolt carry Blackarachnia.
0: But then he can't fly as
3: fast.
2: No, but... Uh... But Primal loves splitting the party. It happens so often at this point.
1: As we've established, he's gotta go fast. <laughs>
0: yes. Anyway, this does give us some uh, some fun character interactions here. We have, uh, so yeah, we start off with Night Scream and Silverbolt. They've, they run into some Arrow drones, and also they make a terrible Monopoly reference that
2: makes no sense. Yeah, I, I well, it almost, it, it makes more sense than, somebody makes a Typhoid Mary reference... And for a second it's like, wait a minute, is this a Daredevil tie-in? Uh,
3: no, I mean that that makes total sense. <laughs> the only justification I can see for Monopoly reference is
1: uh,
3: Hasbro. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> oh man,
0: this is the start of the Hasbro cinematic universe. <laughs> oh
1: man. It was it was secret. It's like uh it's it's like Hawkeye showing up in Thor. It's real <laughs> They're gonna subtle. get to that
0: ship and
3: it's just like a, a thimble and a dog and a boat. <laughs> Was Cybertron really in that desperate need for a video game demonstrating the evils of capitalism?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, now I just wish there and was then, an episode oh, they're, they're where, like, be... I wish there was an episode where, like, Megatron was playing against Primal in a board game. Like, usually <laughs> it's chess, chess. <gasps> but, well, usually it's chess, yes, but they could have used a Hasbro property. It would have been funnier. <laughs> I
1: suppose. Just pull oh, the, the old Professor X and Magneto chess thing, except playing like except Monopoly. it's
3: mousetrap with
1: rat trap <laughs> as the pieces. Uh, <laughs>
0: oh yes, Pramila, oh, uh, it is time for me to make my ultimate gambit. You will have to be the Iron. <laughs> yes, <laughs> nobody wants to be the Iron. No,
1: mm.
0: I of course choose the race car. <sighs> then, but of course, then the episode would have to be like five hours long and. The the episode only ends not because they've reached the conclusion of their game but because my God it's ten o'clock your cousin has to drive back to, to petroleum.
1: <laughs> no one finishes. Gonna see her biography. again at Christmas. I don't think.
3: Well, there's always another option. Mm-hmm. Megatron, this ends here. I know it was Professor Plum who did it in the conservatory with the lead pipe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And then the episode has three different endings. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to go home and sleep with Black Blackarachnia. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: uh-huh.
0: Anyway, so, uh, yeah, they, they make this terrible arrow, they make terrible, uh, and the reference specifically is, do not pass go, and then the other one says, do not collect $200, which, and they both know Monopoly, this makes no sense. <laughs> yeah,
1: how do they both know what Monopoly is? Just got to go with it at that point.
2: Especially those two of, of all the characters who would know Monopoly, those are the least, two least likely because they're none of the original guys from the science ship who knew a lot about Cybertron and history and Earth and crap, or Black Arachnia who read everything.
0: I mean, I, mean, I guess as we'll know, as we'll find out in the next episode, Silverbolt does know something about Cybertronian history as well. Couldn't. So I guess that kind of makes sense, but. Night screen makes no sense.
3: I mean, maybe he played the prehistoric version of Monopoly, the land oh game. He invented Monopoly. <laughs> it was passed
0: down from caveman to caveman. Even though, I mean, they don't have the concepts of probably money or hotels or <laughs> property. Thimbles. Well,
2: Then wait, no. Then it would make more sense if Waspinator made that joke, since he would have been able to invent it on Earth and teach it to the primitive. <laughs>
0: Oh, tr- his his final legacy of evil on Earth. Monopoly. <laughs> there
2: will really be this place called Atlantic City. Yes, you will be casinos and hotels.
0: <laughs> oh, Waspinator has won first prize in beauty contest.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um, uh, if next we ever go to a con and we meet Scott McNeil, I want him to record that line. <laughs>
0: Uh, so they're 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 up above, and even after they beat these aerodrones, uh, Night Scream is still a total dick to Silverbolt.
1: Yeah, that uh, that that ship's gonna need a little time, or I mean, I guess it could be a hate ship. That's fine too. Uh,
3: it, it's like the only charitable thing I could suggest for Night Scream is that. He just thinks of these things, and he can't not say them, even though he shouldn't. <laughs> but, yes. But it's so funny. I want to get that burn in. <laughs> I mean, that that is accurate
0: to actual teenagers. And you would think after uh, Silverbolt's note that he no longer believes in things, those two would totally get along.
1: <laughs> mm. I love that line so much.
3: Oh, God. So what you're saying is it would have been a much more plausible reference if Night Scream had said cut their lives into pieces and Silverbolt had responded, this is our last resort. <laughs> Absolutely. Or if Night Scream had yelled, wake me up,
0: and uh, Silverbolt had responded with, can't wake up.
1: <laughs> oh, that,
2: that, oh, the song oh, of the God. summer. Of years ago, but uh, that song keeps, keeps showing up.
1: Anyway. They've come so hard. <laughs> They've come so far. I forget the rest. The point is, in the, the end, it, is, doesn't in the end it doesn't really matter.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh. They
1: tried so hard and got so far, but in the end, it doesn't really matter.
3: And neither now does it. the thing that Black, Tra- Black Racnia and Rat Trap go through. Yeah. No, they're
0: underground. Black Rackney is still mad at Silverbolt because he, he just can't forgive himself. And Rattrap is, I'm sure, wishing he was dead. Yeah. Which almost happens because everybody drink
3: drones. Yay! I really like these Moldrones. Yeah. Yeah. So does Rattrap because he knows exactly how to deal with them. Yes, he does
0: uh, the same thing that he did the last time they fought them. He does the uh, the R2-D2, hacks into it, and they commandeer it to do some digging.
3: And they even point out that, yeah, this is just how they handle this. Yep. In text. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, uh, you'd think by now Megatron would have on the surface. them. But,
3: yeah. I mean,
0: he's already made all those drones. He's not covering, I guess, you know, he's just putting a piece of tape over those ports. Yeah. And on the surface, Cheetor and Primal find tank drones, which we haven't seen tank drones in a while. I was like yeah. seeing tank drones; it's yeah, cool because uh, they no longer have a boss.
1: Oh, aw, <laughs> soft, Mrs. Husbando. Yep,
3: I
0: miss so having fight. a
3: tank and a jet character.
0: Yes, yes. If only something would come along and rectify that. Oh well. So yeah, Cheetor has a kind of cool move where he's uh. He's sort of talking to Primal whilst sort of nonchalantly uh, deflecting the shots from a tank drone behind him and gradually dismembering it.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Cheetor. Why?
0: I mean, I can't argue it. It looks cool.
1: Nice. nice. Yeah.
0: That's kind of Matrix-y, too, come to think of it. It is kind of Matrix-y. Yeah. I mean, this this is very matrix yeah. Especially since we get, I guess, not in this episode, but the next episode, we get more of the data. Uh, and, and also we find out what Megatron is doing with the Sparks pretty soon, which is also kind of matrixy. Hmm.
2: Yes. But not
0: yet. So yeah, the uh, but the uh, Silverbolt and uh, Night Scream show up to help, and uh, they... Eventually, all six Maximals get there.
1: Yeah. That's what matters. Uh,
0: and so does Thrust, and he is just trying to... He cannot operate the, the lock with his
3: weird hand, so he's just kind of hammering
0: <laughs> on it with his forearm.
3: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Th- this is just more proof that the universe has figured out and Thrust has figured out that he is actually Wasp leader.
0: Yes. And then Primal just punches him.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh. And also, when uh, Silverbolt and Night Scream show back up as reinforcements for Primal, Silverbolt is just... He's Wolverine now. Yes. He is the brooding loner who begrudgingly accepts the concept of teamwork, but still has to be a brooding loner for performative reasons.
0: That's right.
1: It's important to establish that you're a brooding loner. Also, As an has occasional to mentor brooding the young loner.
3: character.
2: Oh, yes. yeah, he's really lonely.
0: Oh, jeez, I mean, uh... Dang. Oh, yeah, so I guess uh, Night Scream is his uh, his kitty pride. I, his I was going to
1: say Jubilee, because that's much more yeah. appropriate. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <get
2: closer. laughs>
0: I mean, it, it w- certainly would have be been more appropriate if Night Scream had been a female character, as it had been intended. Yes. Yeah. All right. So so they fi- they get in, thanks to a rat trap, and once they get in, it's all uh viney in there.
1: What is with the show and tentacles?
2: <laughs> they're easy to animate?
1: I guess.
2: I mean, you just slap a different skin it's on it. I mean, in this case, I guess
0: they're tendrils.
2: Tube thing. Hey, it's green this time instead of techno-organic metal. Yay. That was an easy fix. Yes, totally. In fact, it's more different specifically tempest.
0: tendrilly because uh, those are uh, technically tendrils on wait, plants. Which ten- is why that uh, guy from
2: uh, yes, Inhumanoids. Inhumanoids is called that. Yeah, I was about to head there. It's like, wait, tendril just arrived on the planet? It's another crossover!
0: <laughs> I mean, they are about to find the evil that lies within here.
2: Yeah. Well, something And uh, like. yeah, it kind of is
0: tendril from Inhumanoids. Because yeah, it's a big, crazy plant monster.
2: Well, tendril crossed with the alien from Alien, the xenomorph thing. Well, the the yeah, a Venus flytrap xenomorph.
0: And it's also a little little shop of horrors. Yeah. Feed me, Optimus. So yeah, we get we get
3: once again. They split the party. Why? Why did he think that was a good idea?
1: I uh, I appreciated how them uh going through the ship with this uh with this plant monster stalking them in a spaceship. It was a very good homage to uh Generation 1 <laughs> issue 65 Dark Creation part 4 of Matrix Quest.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> which
1: which that one you, was you see is just an aliens. homage to to aliens.
0: Right isn't that the, <laughs> isn't that a, there's some very blatant reference where they're on planet Cameron or something?
1: no, it's Vesquez it's v s q s
0: there's something with James Cameron's name in it though probably Cameron's yeah. system
1: oh i think I think where they're at is actually a moon, so yeah, that could be the name of the planet that yes. The okay
0: yes Cameron is the planet Vesquez is the moon. Oh, which is named after Vasquez. Vasquez. Yeah. The, the best, best character.
1: character. Okay, the Who second best written? character.
0: You ever get mistaken for a man, Vasquez?
1: No, have no. you? <laughs> uh, that's uh, one of the one.
0: sickest
3: burns in cinema history. So
1: great. So great. I love her. For
3: some reason I want to I want it to have been Cameron Two is the name of the planet, but I'm sure it wasn't.
2: Hmm. <laughs>
0: So yeah, they they split the party, they're looking for this thing, and also at some point this thing throws a seed, which is apparently viable, which is going to raise some questions in a couple of minutes.
1: Yes, yes it is.
2: Oh dear, I didn't
1: even think about that. (laughs) The questions, I I hadn't thought about it previously either, but I'm sure thinking about it now. Oh. That sounded way dirtier than it was meant to.
2: Yeah,
3: kind of is.
1: But maybe not as not appropriate.
0: Yeah, this is anyway, so yeah, they split up, they eventually find this thing, it goes into the ground and they figure that it's going for the organic core. So they, they chase it there, and they're worried that, you know, its seeds will overrun the planet. Which sure. kinda makes Cheetor ask, uh isn't that kinda what we're trying to do?
2: <laughs> Very good question, Cheetor.
3: No, we want blue vines, not green ones. No, Wait.
1: she's an invasive species. You can't have the invasive <laughs> species overrunning it. You have no, to have she, the native species.
3: She's like uh, kud,
2: Kudzu? Kudzu?
0: Yeah,
1: kudzu. Yeah, like well, kudzu. That's, that's
2: one of the things. There's some shit like that up here. Oh, what was the other vine? I forget. There's something that's all over the place up here.
1: <laughs> Ivy? Uh,
0: I know we have a problem with uh, giant hogweed around here. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. oh, that stuff's evil. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. Anyway, oh, and so while they're, they're doing this, there. Thrust actually stealthily tails them, surprisingly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, despite being an extremely loud and bright pink motorcycle, <laughs> <laughs> he is totally sneaking around and it's working.
1: Well, you know, the Maximals. They're, they're not on their A-game right now.
0: Although, Primal has noted that this uh, thing
3: screamed, unlike, you know, most plants. <laughs> yeah. So, we have our new character's name... Plant Scream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, no, see, that's that's how you know that, that this is a non-toy character. Because <laughs> if Hasbro had name. named her, she'd be Plant Scream. Starfruit Scream. scream. <laughs> well,
2: her, her name, when we get it, is actually a pun.
1: And cool. it's super obvious, but I like yeah. it anyway.
3: I mean, if Hasbro was naming it, it would be a Seed Blast.
1: Yeah,
2: well, actually, yes. C-Blast doesn't sound that bad, since some seeds actually are sort of jettisoned out, sort of jet-like. This is true.
0: Or I guess they could have just uh, seen if they still owned uh, Tendril from the 80s. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, so Primal has, fi- has uh, figured what he's going to do with this. He's going to reformat this monster, because,
3: sure, why not? And then he launches the Jesus beam from his chest.
2: <laughs> yes. Press the fire!
1: No, I I did it looked like she was kind of sparking at that point, so I can I can see where that comes from.
0: And it works and we get uh yeah, um a maximal.
2: Yeah. They
0: put a lot of effort into the sequence too. She is a plant a a heterochromic plant person.
2: Yes. She's so pretty. Two different colored eyes.
0: And she's got some kind of accent. Yeah, what what is that accent? I, I couldn't Eastern figure... Eastern
1: European of some sort?
0: I was thinking
3: Jamaican, kind of? Like Caribbean? Well, I was thinking South African.
1: I like that all of us thought completely different things. <laughs>
3: I mean, I was leaning Eastern European, too, but I couldn't quite place it either.
0: Uh, but anyway, that is Kathleen Barr, a uh, Canadian voice actress. She's in a ton of stuff. She's uh, Dot on Reboot. Uh, she was Evil Lynn on that uh, 2000s version of He-Man.
1: Mm. Ooh, that was a good one. She's
0: uh, uh, Some she's Kind of on... Pony... Yeah, she's a, she's a couple of ponies on Friendship is Magic.
1: Yeah,
3: all the ponies.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's you know, if something is recorded in Vancouver, she is frequently the girl in it. Yes. And yeah, she is a vaguely humanoid plant person. She has like four arms and a mass of vines in place of her lower torso.
2: She's kind of overly humanoid. Well, she's still plant-like. She doesn't have legs, but her face is more human, almost than anybody else's. Especially since she's still in well, I mean, her. it has to be alternate mode. This isn't her robot mode, but she's got a people thing.
0: Yeah, th- yeah. This is her. Be- I mean, beast mode isn't quite the right word, but that's plant a mode.
1: plant beast. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's I, a. I would say that plant does not necessarily, or a uh, beast does not necessarily require animal. I think it requires more a certain level of. Uh, you know, independent movement and thought, like, mental capacity. Triad it's
0: basically mode. a, like, a, a Triffid with a face.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very much like a Triffid, because, wait, I forget, were Triffids actually aliens, or were they native? It's been a while since I've seen that movie.
0: I think they were aliens.
2: Oh, well, that'd be appropriate for something later.
0: I'll, in fact, I believe Hasbro, or, uh, not Hasbro, um, Takara... Drew up a potential Triffid uh, Beast Wars toy.
2: Ooh, we didn't get it. Dang it!
0: I mean, I don't. The Beast Wars line, they and uh, it was for that uh, telemocha Beast Wars line, which just ended up being a bunch of reprints or oh. uh, reprints, uh, repaints. Yeah. But hmm. they were talking about. Uh, they drew up a couple of new ones, and one was a a Triffid, a jellyfish, and a Manticore.
2: Ooh, Ooh Dang, I don't huh. know. And all there, three.
0: there's art for all of those on the wiki, so I will uh, I will put that up. Oh. Or put up links to that. I,
3: don't it's really neat. Yeah. Er, I get this really weird impression from the way they did her character design and her face. What? Like it seems like this was an iteration on Transmutate by way of DreamWorks pictures.
0: Hmm. I, I and can see, although was DreamWorks around yet?
3: DreamWorks was just getting started around the same time, I believe. Their first stuff was around
0: ninety nine. Okay. Oh, I think you, yes, you're right. Right. So that like, ant that, movie with uh, yeah. Woody Allen.
3: Yeah, ants oh, would have yeah. been around the time that their CG film studio was getting off the ground.
2: Oh yeah, she her face is kind of shaped like the ants. Or I'm, I think in the wrong bug movie. There were two of them. I think it was bugs. Oh yeah, she did look like the <laughs> yeah, ants, there's... not bugs.
3: Ants released October second, nineteen
2: ninety eight. Okay, there we go. Why?
3: <laughs> Why? It, it was
0: actually not bad, if I, from what I can recall.
3: Yeah, I liked it better than Bugs Life.
2: Ah. Yeah. Anyway, so she's a sexy house plant. What?
0: Yes. All right. So uh, what I was implying earlier. So she. Th- this was okay. So she explains that you know she and her. She's a maximal. She went. She and her crew went on an expedition, much as Primal and his crew did, uh, you know, off planet, and they ended up on a world that was just plants. And so they, uh, you know, scanned plant modes and took those. Hmm. So this is so that she. This is her plant mode, the way that the original Beast Wars crew had beast modes. And earlier we saw her, you know, producing viable seeds, which means. Can beast modes reproduce?
2: Well, we had wondered that a few times, but if, if she's actually producing viable seeds, are we sure that... Like she's not just, you know... I don't know. Maybe it's her version of a gut gun. It's a, it's a seed pod, but grows... I don't know.
0: We, uh We are missing somebody here.
2: Uh, wait, were we talking about the reproduction or still talking about sexy plant lady, which... Weird.
0: I mean, she's not that sexy. Is she?
1: Not Well, I like her. I mean, and I don't know if I would say specifically sexy, but I think she's attractive.
2: <laughs> attractive for a thing without legs that has extra arms and and... She got big pouty lips for a plant. Why? She's not a mean green mother from <laughs> outer space.
3: Like I said, DreamWorks face. Yeah.
0: Does uh, what's that? What's that plant? Kaiju, it's like a rose bush.
2: Oh, Biolante from Godzilla versus Biolante. Does, does it have a face? Well, the first version is just a giant angry rose. The second version has a giant crocodile Godzilla face. So, no. A okay. giant crocodile Godzilla face that tries to eat Godzilla until Godzilla just breathes fire into the giant plant and sets it on fire. <laughs> that was oh. a smart idea.
0: This movie could have been like ten minutes long. Godzilla.
2: <laughs> well, the original script uh, also had a giant rat monster, but that was because that okay. was that was a weird Godzilla movie. It was actually a contest to write the script for the movie. And the two main ones are the one that ended up being Godzilla vs. Biollante, and the other one ended up being Gunhead, which is about a giant robot tank.
0: That fights Godzilla?
2: No, no, in the movie they actually made Gunhead, they took out the Godzilla part, because it was supposed oh, to be a giant robot okay. tank fighting Godzilla, but they changed it. Ah.
0: <laughs> I mean, really, you think you could write a lot of Godzilla movies by contest.
2: You think, considering uh, quite a few of them end up being a monster that looks like Godzilla fighting Godzilla, for a while there, yeah. It, it was kind of paint by yeah, it Seems
3: like it would be. You could do a lot of spec scripts pretty easily. Just spin the wheel of
0: animals. What's it going to be? It is swordfish.
2: Kind of. Well, for three I mean, in a that, row, that's... it was it was Mechagodzilla, Space Godzilla, and then Destroyer, which looks like <laughs> Godzilla wearing a crab costume, and wings. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's also how Power Rangers worked for a while, especially the uh, tail end of the first season where they were asking to commission, like, just new monster sequences from Japan. Yeah. I think that's also how Stan Lee came up with Spider Man villains.
2: <laughs> well, no, that was Zoo Books. I don't think Godzilla has used Zoo Books yet.
0: <laughs> uh, what, uh, what animal haven't we used yet? Let's spin the wheel of
3: animals, Mighty Marvelites. <laughs> It couldn't been Zoo books. There hasn't been a zebra themed villain yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, he hasn't got to that one yet. Uh there That'll be the
0: last Spider-Man villain.
2: Not qu- there there is a Japanese movie called Zebra Man.
0: Well, and uh no, actually Batman fights Zebra Man who for some reason has magnet
2: powers. What Oh what? Let, let, let's get back to beast machines, because <laughs> getting a little weird.
1: You, you lost me. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm gonna go. I'll be in Silvermoon if you need me.
2: Listen, zebras are
0: well known to be strongly ferromagnetic
3: and legendarily undomesticatable.
0: Yes. Well, well, you couldn't, you know, find anything when you ride one because it's always messing with your compass. <laughs> And you try and get off it, and your spurs are stuck to it.
2: Uh, anyway, tanked your own So stuff. anyway,
0: where were we? Oh, right. So, yeah, so, well, previously, we've got to, this is something that has to be addressed. So we previously saw that she, you know, back when she was in crazy monster mode, she was, like, leaving seeds everywhere that were, uh, that were viable. They were, like, sprouting. Yeah. Now, that's, that's plant reproduction, does that mean that all beast modes are, like, genetically viable?
1: That's entirely possible. I mean, we we know from examples in Beast Wars, for instance, uh, Megatron being able to clone Dinobot's dinosaur mode, uh, but only his dinosaur mode, that they do have actual full genetic codes. So there's no reason why those couldn't then be, you know, passed into sperm, for instance, or ova, and then, you know, combine with a compatible one from another of the same species. I guess the the real question there being whether it would be compatible with another for the same species, uh, but there are many plants that can self-fertilize. So This is true. Or
0: she just wasn't paying enough attention when some bees were around.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it could have been that. So yes, I I would not find it to be out of bounds to think that it it would be possible. Uh, however, I am not personally clicking on those fanfics.
0: <laughs> Hot pollina- pollination
3: action.
1: <laughs> I I was just thinking the like you know or cubs. <laughs>
3: I, my thoughts went in an even more horrifying direction that. Since they're scanning an existing life form, and several of the cases in Beast Wars a and Beast Machines come to think of a given Night Screen, a deceased life form, there's a horrifying, horrifying story where someone's loved one is back from the dead, but is actually secretly a Cybertronian. Oh, Oh, man, like uh, like that Alice
0: in uh, Revenge of the Fallen. (laughs) Yeah. It's like pet cemetery, and then she's strangling you with her robot tongue.
1: Oh, sounds great.
0: <laughs> well, that, that movie could have used a little Fred Gwynn. Oh no, you don't. You don't. You don't wanna, uh, dig up Megatron for that Marianas Trench. Sometimes dead is better. Sound wave.
1: <laughs> but does it have a, a Ramon song attached? It should.
0: Uh, no, you are you're have to settle for <laughs> Lincoln Park. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: no, no. No. Uh, So anyway, I will also note here that the uh, we've got a little more model reuse in this uh, sequence where we see we get a flashback to Botanico or somebody uh, getting you know scanning plants on this uh, this plant planet, and that is in fact Jungle Planet from the uh, from the other mainframe toy based series uh, War Planets slash Shadow Raiders.
1: Oh, oh, I did oh. not know that. Clever. Or as I like to call it, planetees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't tell you any more about that series. I'm uh, I'm just a minor. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good show. No. Doesn't seem like you I mean, it's it's got a the only redeeming quality of it is uh you know, it's a bunch of alien races from various planets. Uh, banding together, and one of those planets is a bunch of frog people ruled by Gary Chalk doing like a Danny DeVito voice, <laughs> oh, and his uh, probably too offensive for television in 2016 uh, camp gay sidekick voiced by Scott McNeil.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I, I just remember, and I suppose one could say a somewhat slightly related turn, that uh, there was just this, this big old rocky lady.
0: Yeah, that's uh oh I believe her name was Jade.
1: Oh, I think so.
0: Because the, they all had rock names. So they like they yeah. were, it was the planet rock and they were ruled by King Mantle.
1: Mm, and the main
0: guy sure. was off in there and I think he was Graveheart.
2: Oh, oh that's yeah. a great name.
1: I and, say uh, the, because the, I'm the, a huge coming
0: from Planet Bone. So Gary Chalk was Femur and his gay sidekick was pelvis. Why?
1: W- Why? What?
2: No, no. I'm
1: all for the normalization of camp gay sidekicks, though, because there's nothing wrong with being that. Yeah. As long as, you know, it's 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 being done by the right creators and not other people.
0: I mean, it was Scott McNeil, so he's, he's kind of just Dr. Smith from uh, Lost in Space.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, so she came back, which makes me wonder, did her crew come with her and... All that dead plant matter in the ship is them, or they stayed behind while she came back to check out to see what was up.
1: I would say that given she's not, like, upset, that maybe they stayed behind. I would think so. Because, yeah, she's not like, oh my god, all of my friends are dead. Dead and (laughs)
3: composted.
1: Yeah, which you would think she might be.
3: As cool of a concept as Botanica is, I can't help but think they didn't actually think it through that far.
1: Oh, well, I mean...
3: I mean, she does mention that she has a
0: crew. So you'd yeah, think they wouldn't uh, even true. mention that if...
2: Yeah, but do they ever get mentioned again? Probably said. not.
1: I, I think maybe she was just the one to come home and check out the signal, because everybody else, all her plant buddies were, were busy Yeah, I guess Yeah, I guess she was the captain. Research. Yeah. yeah. They put down planets. roots on
3: that planet. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't get
1: started with
0: the plant puns. The show's doing enough of that as is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The
2: more to yeah. come.
0: Oh, it. get! Just wait till that next episode. I'm getting Uma Thurman and Batman and Robin flashbacks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anywho, tank drones come in and start rolling yes. over some weeds. Symbolism, which makes Botanica
3: symbolism agree. I mean, mean, before that, we do get, like, three straight minutes of exposition dialogue that Hmm. seems just to exist to explain what the hell is going on. And also, she's heard of Megatron, which
0: is uh, interesting.
1: Well, if he, like, you know, came back in time and did all this stuff, it's entirely possible that he was a person of no small amount of political power when she left.
0: I'm just thinking. She, I mean, she would just my gnome. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, that guy who stole the golden disc.
1: Or yeah, it, I mean, it could, you know, it could be like you you leave the planet now and you come back in ten years, and Donald Trump is actually president. <laughs> 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 it's, it's like that. Like uh, that guy. I mean, I oh f- my god.
3: I figured it was kind of like he was semi notorious as a criminal, raconteur, rebel rouser, etc. So it was kind of like. Coming back from after, like, the 1993 incident, but not after the 2001 incident, and going, oh, that Osama bin Laden guy?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can see that.
0: So, yeah, these tank drones come in, and she's, they're crushing plants, and this makes Botanica super mad. So, she is transformed into, um...
2: The Flatwoods Monster! This also looks like... (laughs) <laughs> as mentioned previously in outtakes.
0: Yes, yeah, so please explain what...
2: Okay, the Flatwoods monster, which I'll describe it, and it's going to sound a lot like her. Uh, a fireball crashed in West Virginia in 1952. Six or eight kids just went out into the field to see what it was. There was smoke in the woods. And then they they heard this hissing noise. They turned, they shine their flashlight, and see a creature somewhere between 7 or 12 feet tall, a long long cylindrical black or green sort of torso that's made of metal that's hovering, and at the top, there's a round head with two big glowing eyes, like portholes described. Behind the the round head is a giant spade shape, like a big leaf that's black behind it, and it might have... (sighs) Two tiny little arms or two big, really long, gangly arms. It's Botanica, minus a few colors, basically. Yeah, and that it's is skinnier.
0: pretty much exactly Botanica. Yeah,
2: if you Google Flatwoods Monster and go to Google Image, it's basically kind of her in robot mode with different or, colors.
1: Or you could go to TF Wiki and look up Botanica, and then you will also see her.
2: Yeah, she's got a skinnier waist and bigger shoulders than uh, the Flatwoods Monster is usually drawn as, but, yeah, she's pretty much that. She goes from a triffid to another kind of weird alien.
0: Yes, and uh, notably in this, she also doesn't have legs. She kind of has like a big stem-slash-dress.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And no feet, she just kind of hovers. So she kind of goes from vaguely humanoid plant to vaguely humanoid plant. It's a bit of a lateral move, and also she's very translucent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. neat. Also, this is her first episode, so she's going to be super powerful and, like, destroy lots of things because that's what she's like she do is
0: terrifyingly episode. destructive. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. She has, like, electric powers because a lot plants do that, sure. And she just disintegrates all these tank drones. They're dust.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a lot more powerful than everybody else seems. Like, I... In most episodes, yes, their first episode, everybody seems really strong, but she turns the tank drones to dust. That's a lot.
0: And Thrust is all, eh, lady, you just made a big mistake, <laughs> even though he's, he's peeing himself.
3: <laughs> it's yeah. yeah,
1: you know he is. He just kind of
3: leaves in a snit. Yeah. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not even, I'll get you next time, Maximus. it's just screw you guys <laughs> I bet you all suck anyway We're going home
1: yeah well you know poor guy
0: and yeah botanica notes that uh, uh, yeah this uh, your plants all look terrible and she creates a light producing plant
3: yeah Was she I thought she just like Threw a thing at the lights they were already using to alter the wavelength or something. Uh, no, there's like actual light coming out of this plant. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, she. I mean, uh, the other lights go out
2: and, and her light comes on and it's. I guess it has UV rays but in it or something. After
3: that, it pans out to show like all the lights kind of producing that same kind of light.
2: Yeah, that part's weird. And they also all look like they have the little seed thing she chucked on them somehow.
3: I mean, I guess she could just produce, as
0: we're going to see in the next episode. They can produce all manner of,
1: uh... Seed-based... All manner of... Yeah, devices.
0: Seed devices. Seed gimmicks.
1: It's... She's... She's like tarantulas with seeds instead of spiders.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: And, you know, not a huge pervert.
3: Yes. As far as we know.
1: Yeah, I mean, she does I have I mean, the we tentacles. did
3: just have a giant tentacle sequence throughout most of this episode, but...
1: Yes, and it is. was her.
3: <laughs> and, yeah, she introduced herself as Botanica.
1: She had to uh, upgrade Optimus Primal's grow setup.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, Botanica is definitely not a, we're making a toy of this name, because she may be the most major Transformers character to never have a toy.
2: Uh, well, to ne- well, since we, now we've got an Alpha Tryon toy, yes.
0: We've got like a couple Alpha Trion toys now.
2: Oh right, I forgot about the uh our Energon one? Armada? One of them thingy. Uh
0: it was no it was a club one, I think.
2: Oh. Right. Oh, oh yeah, actually geez. they may
0: have, may have made a couple because they made one out of uh, what's his name? Um Vector Prime from Cybertron.
2: That oh that's what I was. Yes.
0: But I think the only mass market one we've seen is the uh the Titans Return one. Hmm. Oh, but there was also one in uh, uh, Japan. You know the uh, uh, they're ultra Magnus. Instead of having Minimus Ambus, they it has a tiny Alpha Trion for some reason.
1: Uh, <laughs> why would you not have Minimus Ambus?
0: Well, so they, they don't have those comics in Japan. They don't know who that guy is. Yes,
1: they, they do. do. Pixiv tells me that they do.
2: <laughs> yeah, they get it. They get it somehow.
1: I wanna say at one point it was actually like for for the week it came out it was like the top selling comic on comixology in Japan. Oh. So it, it may only I don't know if it's translated but but they and I don't know if it's they I don't know that they get it officially. Like I don't know if there's actually a distribution agreement. But but
2: Internet comixology. They They're reading it. Yeah.
0: Yeah? Well, that, and I guess it'll also give them a way to uh, allow so that Americans can buy it and they can have a, a different thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've uh, I've seen the doujinshi. I, I can tell you that Where the Meets the Eye is very well-known. Oh, I thought you were going
0: to say there's a doujinshi that explains why Ultra Magnus has a tiny uh, Alpha Trion in him.
1: Possibly. <laughs> possibly. I think there are – I'm not even going to go there about people having things in them and doujinshi. It's a, it,
0: it's a, it's a very beautiful doujinshi. <laughs>
1: It is beautiful, though, didn't she? I miss that sight.
0: And uh, so, yeah, that's. Uh, so, yeah, she introduces herself as Botanica. She does not get a toy because God knows how you'd actually make one out of this. It would have to be like an umbrella that you'd turn itself inside out. <laughs> and we get a little uh, postscript see, uh, scene with Megatron
3: who, who transforms. Yeah, that's yeah. It's such a good transformation. It's like they took. All of the effort that they've been not putting into any of the Beast Transformations so far and put it all into this. Yes. Yeah, it's... It is so cool looking.
2: It's cool. It's, it's, it's good. It's not entirely one-to-one, because, like, his eyes slide around sideways and just disappear. But other than that, like, his eyebrows become wings. It's kind of neat, if strange. It is,
0: and it, yeah, it turns into, like, a sort of spaceship. It's really neat looking. And it's kind just of dark side blows. inspired, isn't it? It is kind of dark side inspired.
1: Hmm.
0: And yeah, it just blows up, botanica ship, and all the plant growth within.
1: It's not cool, man.
0: And we get some it's metaphorical deep. burning plants.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mega fire, yay.
0: And is like, oh, hey, One against six, that's not fair. A seven, there are seven now.
3: Was well, that just episode or the next episode?
0: No, this is definitely in the, the end of Home Soil.
3: Okay, so they just retread kind of the same ground in both.
0: Yes. yes. All
2: right. Yeah, Megatron wants to destroy yes, yes, the infestation. Megatron yelling at him in his... Organic infestation, yes.
0: As, as we remain static, the organics grow yet stronger. Clearly this infestation must, must be exterminated once and for all. Mm. And yeah, that is the end of Home Soil. This, this episode is a lot of fun. We get a lot in this episode. It's a new character introduction. We get a little alien pastiche. Uh, we get some exhibi- exposition, and uh, yeah, some cool fight scenes.
1: I like Botanica so much.
0: Yeah. Oh, and also at the end, uh, Silverbolt has absorbed some of Night Scream's characterization and just tells people whatever.
1: Also, that's totally a ship now. I'm calling it.
2: <laughs> that's
0: gonna uh, call it Bird Silver
1: Scream. Sure.
0: Oh, Silver Scream.
2: Or Nightbolt. Silver Scream sounds more musical.
0: Nightbolt sounds like sketchy alcohol of some sort.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, we get a lot in this episode. Uh, I, bo- I like Botanica a lot.
3: I'm definitely liking what I've seen so far.
0: Yeah. And the. Uh,
3: we also got that uh, giant head transformation at the end, which was super cool.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. We got some really fun X-Men fight sequences. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that will uh, do us until next week. But until then, you can find us all over the Internet. We are on uh, Twitter, we are on Facebook, and we are on Tumblr.
1: And we are hosted on IaconUnderground.net. Uh, we do have a Patreon set up to help support our web hosting fees and other related uh, expenses. We are at Patreon.com slash IaconUnderground.
0: And uh, please send us uh, send us your, uh, your letters and emails uh, into... Stasispodcast at gmail.com. We will read them on the air. Did, uh, do we want to read that uh, tweet we got?
2: Uh, yeah, it's the only thing we've gotten. Is that reason? count as
0: signing into the max mailbag?
2: Kinda, yeah.
0: Okay, so we can read. Go that. for it. All right, where did uh, where did I have that? Oh, uh, oh, here it is. Okay, yes, we do have. Uh, we got a t- one of your tweets. Uh, this is from Cecilia Matz uh, at at the Windy Swede. Uh, in, re- in reference to our episode on In Darkest Night, she says, This one made me so angry, I recall. In my head, Black Blackarachnia did kill Jetstorm, and knew Silverbolt was really ugly.
2: Yay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I could definitely, you know, while Silverbolt has his whole broody, angsty thing and not believing things anymore. Uh, I, I can definitely see a good argument for Jetstorm having actually been a a separate entity that you know was killed. It's sad because yeah. he was cool.
0: I kind of wish we could have somehow ended up with both of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. that would have been nice. Somehow, but well,
2: next episode right. we'll get something maybe even better.
0: Oh, I think we're uh, this time. We, this time we're selling two toys.
1: Ooh. Yeah, one with the most addictive feature ever.
0: Clunka <laughs> clunka. If this, does anyone have that on hand, we can record the uh, sound effect.
2: Um, ah, give me a minute during come. the break. I'll go get it.
0: <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so Join us next time for Spark War Part One: The Strike.
2: Oh yeah, the episode
0: titles get a little. Until fun. then, I'm Rob.
1: I'm Jen.
3: I'm not Alex. I'm on strike. <laughs> and
2: I'm David. I don't know. Maybe um, I just like okay, green lipstick. So maybe that's my problem. I like
1: that.
3: Doesn't sound like a problem. Yeah, that's not a problem uh, as far as I'm
0: concerned.
2: I like non-standard color. Oh.
0: Also, I can't believe you've gone through this episode without making a a reference to Biolante.
2: Oh shit! Really should have. That
0: it's not too late.
2: That's that's on me. Yeah, I really should have. She's folding, (laughs) which is my favorite. Makes no goddamn sense. Quote.
0: Wait, she's folding like I like she's surrendering.
2: Like, she's, I don't know, it's weird. It might actually just supposed to be a different word, but there's one point where, towards the end of the fight, Violante starts moving across the ground by using her leaves or something, and they say, Biolante, she's folding. At least I think that's what the fuck they're saying. In the dub. So it's like, what? It may be one of those things, like, you mishear songs sometimes, but it's, it sounds like folding.
0: No, oh, and apparently, uh, in the book, uh, the, apparently the origins of the Triffids have never been fully revealed.
2: Ah. Yeah, because I thought in, like, one version or something, like a radio play version, I think they were supposed to be made on Earth, but I don't remember the name. Yeah, it
0: says in the novel, My own belief, for what that is worth, is that they were the outcome of a series of ingenious biological meddlings, and very likely accidental at that. Had they been evolved anywhere but in the region they were, we should have doubtless had a well-documented ancestry for them.
2: Hmm. I'm kind of surprised it's never hasn't been remade,
0: at least recently. Uh, yeah, maybe. that is surprising. Although apparently there was a uh, 2009 BBC miniseries starring uh, the man who would be Wolverine, Doug Ray Scott. Oh. And uh, Eddie Izzard, for some reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, only the one movie from the 60s. I guess, I don't know, maybe Plants, not scary enough
2: you can make them scary I guess
0: unless you consider uh The Happening to be a remake of it
2: uh, well yeah it kind of is but that's sort of a Michael Crichtonish remake like take the basic story and then fuck with it till it's something different
0: and also make it hilarious
2: yeah yeah